This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, beginning in verse 35. He said to them, When I sent you out with a, out a purse, bag, and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, Nothing. Then he said to them, But now, whoever has a purse, let him take it, and likewise a bag. Whoever has none, let him sell his cloak and buy a sword. For I tell you, that this which is written must be fulfilled in me. He was counted with transgressors. For that which concerns me is being fulfilled. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said to him, That is enough. Now you may recall that early in the mission, Jesus had sent out each of his apostles with effectively only the shirt on their backs. The Father took care of them, and their initial work was prosperous. The kingdom was vastly furthered. But now the mission had clearly changed, and the battle was going to get brutal. According to the rest of Scripture, we know that Jesus was not encouraging the boys to go to war for him. However, Jesus would soon be physically leaving them, and things are going to get rough. It's interesting to note that a lot of commentaries seem overtly, well, uncomfortable with this passage. Mostly because it is in many ways, and to many people, kind of out of character for Christ to say such a thing. So the writers dance around it or avoid the issue altogether. Jesus had a clear opportunity in verse 38 to clear up any ambiguity on this matter, and yet, interestingly, he did not. Certainly Christ was not negating all that he had taught concerning turning the other cheek, or the general nature that is to be the character of the believer. Yet the enemies of God would be coming for them, and things would indeed change. It is highly doubtful that Jesus was calling them to arms, and that he soon would be found scolding Peter for swinging a sword wildly in the garden. But we cannot avoid the issue altogether, nor can we negate the impact of what Jesus was saying. It was going to get rough out there, and they would need to change their tactics and methods now. They would have to have a new and concerted effort. Jesus was warning his men, Be on your toes, boys. It's a war out there. Going on in verse 39, we read, He came out and went, as his custom was, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples also followed him. And when he was at that place, he said to them, Pray that you don't enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. Mankind has always failed to correlate the connection, if you will, between what is outright spiritual denials 
and the personal stumbles that seem to occur naturally from time to time in all of our everyday lives. The disciples are now going to get a first-hand lesson at the hands of Christ on this matter. I think such lessons are quite free, and we know they're quite plentiful for the spiritually dozing individual. It was going to be one of those proverbial teaching moments. Now Jesus was preparing himself for what was coming, and the apostles apparently believed themselves to be a-okay and standing on personally firm spiritual ground. Because as Jesus prayed, well, the apostles slept. Let us notice the players on the field here. Peter and the let's call down fire from heaven on them, sons of thunder. To their credit now, these guys were the go get em kind of fellows, but what was their strength would also ultimately be their downfall. Because believing themselves to be strong, they fell. Jesus was anguished over what was coming. But ultimately, it was not the certain pain and death that was his great concern, but it was rather the separation that he would experience from the Father. A turning away from sin as it sat wholly upon the Son as he hung upon the cross. Jesus, he knew instinctively, supernaturally, what was coming. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Verse 45 says, When he rose up, from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief and said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, Jesus, he clearly understood the danger that faced these men. Temptation was out there waiting. Oh, not just the kind of classic temptation that we usually think of, the sins of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life stuff. No, Jesus includes the issue of temptation here, even in the realm of our tendency to laziness, our lack of discipline, our inability to be alert in our lifestyle. You see, even for the apostles, this danger, this temptation again, was real. Jesus warns, heads up, boys, watch and pray or you'll fall. How embarrassing here. I mean, for all of history, these guys are going to go on public record for sleeping on the job. I guess that's the price of leadership. I guess everyone does stupid stuff sometimes, only when you're the leader, it's kind of out there for everyone to see. Jesus, he understood a very crucial truth. Out there, just around the corner, the enemy is waiting. We can't stop him from coming, but we can, however, be ready when he gets here. Watchfulness sees and praying prepares. The onslaught of the enemy is real and it is certain, but so are the weapons of our faith. Watch and pray, gang. Watch and pray. Verse 47 says, While he was still speaking, a crowd appeared. He who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them, and he came near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? 
So as this grand and historical moment was passing, the opportunity to wait and pray with the Son of God had been squandered, squandered away on the weakness of the flesh. Jesus had prayed while the apostles slept. No doubt Jesus saw this mob approaching. For you see, there's always a full moon on Passover, and they would, of course, been carrying torches to light their way in the darkness. Jesus knew full well what this multitude was coming to do, and yet, even so, he did not run. The Gospel of John tells us a little more concerning this event. As for the group of the men who came to get Jesus, John tells us that it was a contingent of approximately 600 men. Can you imagine that? 600 men to arrest this one meek and mild, self-proclaimed, quote-unquote, Messiah. Men will claim that Jesus is nothing, and yet they too will be quick to exhibit fear when having to confront him directly. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.